Yes, there's a laugh there. If my computer's out, it means I've had issues with the work printer. But that's all right, I've not broken it. Kathy will help me fix it in the morning, <laughs> as she regularly does. Um, tonight, we are continuing in our series of 1 Corinthians, uh, the Apostle Paul's letter. We're in chapter 7, and we're just going to have a brief look at verses 17 through to 24. Now, in my household, the Bremner household, we pretty much run by two different seasons. Cricket season and volleyball season is pretty much how our household runs. Now, while cricket season is fast approaching, it's not quite here yet, which means Amanda is busy playing volleyball and it's my turn to watch the kids to ensure she has the time and space to be able to do that. Uh, her games are on Saturdays, um, but she also trains on a Tuesday night. I definitely get the better end of the deal because volleyball games go for nowhere near as long as cricket games do. But um, this means that, especially on Tuesdays, I try and get out of the office as on time or early as I can to get home so that I can ensure Amanda can get out to volleyball training. Um, so that she can get out to volleyball training. Uh, then I feed the girls clean them up, bath them, get them to bed. And when that finally happens, getting the kids to bed, I'm hit with a choice. I'm exhausted from work, and while I love my girls, I'm exhausted from them as well. Uh, and so after finally getting them to bed, I hit this choice of, I can sit down and relax on the couch, turn the TV on and rest, or I can tidy the house, do some extra things, I can do the dishes, the bins, completely clean the kitchen. Uh, now, when I choose to do these things, often I'll admit it, it's with an ulterior motive behind it because I know if I do these things, if I go the extra mile, it's going to earn me some massive brownie points with my wife, Amanda. And hopefully next time I ask for a guy's night out, she looks more favourably on that. But... The thing is, this isn't just how our marriage works at times for me and Amanda. This is how the world works a lot of the time. Often we do things with a motivation behind it, with a purpose behind it. We do extra things with a purpose of earning favour with someone. We do extra things with the purpose of being acknowledged to a higher extent by someone. It's this mindset that if I do this, then I might get that. If I do this, then I can earn this. If I do this, then I'll be viewed or seen like this. And sadly, quite often this mindset can easily translate over to our faith. When we walked through the book of Galatians a few years ago, we saw a bunch of people who were trying to add things to the gospel, to the good news of Jesus, to what we've celebrated around communion tonight. They were trying to add things to the gospel and our tagline was always Jesus plus nothing, because Jesus plus anything ruins everything. That was our tagline for that series, Jesus plus nothing. And the tagline was pretty on point, because when it comes to our faith, at times we can easily take away from Jesus' work by looking to our own works by looking to add our own. Hey, the cross was great, but if I do this, I might get some extra brownie points with God. If I do this for God, then he might answer my prayers. 
Steve serves in three ministries in the church. So if I go and serve in four or five, then I'm going to be viewed as the more higher up, the more holy Christian. If I attend both the morning and the night service every week, then that's got to make me more holy than if I just went to one service. Sometimes in our lives and in our faith, we do things thinking that they will help us gain greater recognition or greater standing with other people or with even God. And that's certainly the case for the Corinthians here that Paul's writing to in this section of the chapter. They are doing a bunch of things that they think will add to their standing with God. But here's the thing. That's what we're about to see. Paul pretty much takes to this mindset with a sledgehammer and simply says, it doesn't work like that. You can keep doing all of these things that in and of themselves aren't wrong, but if you're doing them with that wrong motivation, they're nothing. They're worthless. They don't matter. All of these things, all of your efforts, they don't actually matter if done with the wrong motivation. So just come as you are and love Jesus is essentially his point. Now, that could easily be a closing line, but we're just beginning. So let me pray and then we'll have a quick look at this short section of chapter 7. Father God, thank you for who you are and all you've done for us. Lord, thank you that we can freely gather here this evening and we can open your word, the Bible. And God, we just pray expectantly and confidently that you, through your Holy Spirit, will use your word to reveal more things to us of who you are, to reveal more things to us of who we are, to reveal more to us of how offensive our sin is towards you and our great need for a saviour that you won't provide, but as we celebrated, you have already provided for us in your beautiful son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'd love you to open to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. It will also be on the screen and we are looking at verses 17 through to 24. I'm reading from the ESV translation. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commands of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bondservant when called? Don't be concerned about it. If you can gain your freedom, avail yourself and take the opportunity. For he, has called in the, for he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of mankind. So brothers and sisters, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. So this is the central section of the chapter. And in it, Paul provides a rationale for what has come before it that we covered a couple of weeks ago with guidelines for remarriage and divorce. And it's also a rationale for what will come next week in the section after it. And pretty much his key principle is that each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them to. 
just as God has called them. And this key principle is pretty important to Paul because even though he changes the word slightly, some of the wording slightly, he essentially states this same principle three times in eight verses. The fact that each person should live as the Lord has called. Each one should, verse 20, each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. This is his key point. But at face value, if not taken in context with the rest of what Paul is saying, it can easily look like this statement to say that, hey, remain in the situation you were when you were called. This can easily be taken that a person's situation in life should not change once they become a Christian, should not change from the moment they become a Christian. And plenty of commentators actually take it this way. But my personal take, I just don't buy it. I don't believe this is really what Paul is saying. Is he actually saying that Christians should not change at all, in any way, shape or form? Is he actually saying that Christians shouldn't change jobs? I left Youth Dimension to come here. That was an awesome work environment and so is here. Because God called us here. Is Paul saying that I shouldn't have done that? Is Paul saying that Christians shouldn't get married? Is Paul saying that Christians shouldn't look for promotions or job changes in the companies they're in? That Christians shouldn't move houses? Some commentators take it this way. But like I said, I, I just don't buy it. Because firstly, Paul's own experience and Paul's own testimony goes against taking it this way. Clearly, the transformation in Paul's life when he met Christ was not only spiritual. Yes, it was absolutely spiritual, and that was the biggest change, but it was not only spiritual. Paul's transformation when he met Christ also impacted his physical situation and his circumstances. His work, if we can call murdering Christians work, completely changed. His relationships completely changed. He suddenly had a bunch of friends that, rightfully so, were suddenly really cautious going, hang on, you know, you were trying to murder us, now you're pretending to be one of us. Uh, but his relationships changed and so did his physical location. He starts spending a heck of a lot more time in prison than he ever has before. So it'd be really strange if Paul, I believe, of all people in the Bible, were to teach that conversion should make no difference at all to what we do and where we do it. And then the rest of this section is where he goes to town on this wrong motivation, on this mindset. He brings out his sledgehammer to make it abundantly clear that none of the things we do actually add to our standing before God. He's saying in the passage that being circumcised, getting married, staying single, staying uncircumcised, he's using this section to say that, hey, you, all of these things in and of themselves are not wrong, but if you are doing them to add to your standing before God, then that will not work. That is not how it's meant to be. In regards to your standing before God, these things are nothing. So if you're doing them with that agenda, forget it. With that agenda, marriage is nothing. Circumcision is nothing. Singleness is nothing. But he brings it back and he says, keeping God's commands is what actually matters. 
keeping God's commands is the thing that influences and matters and counts. And then he goes on to say that, hey, even if you're a slave, that's okay. Don't let it trouble you because back then, due to the culture, Paul knew that many of his converts may well be enslaved for their entire lives. And he encourages them, hey, don't, don't be troubled by your circumstances. God still called you. And we'll get to that in a second. God has called you in the context that you're in. You are no greater or no less than anyone else that God has called. So don't be disheartened by that because after all, slaves are free in Christ just as in a way that free people become bondservants to Christ. God bought us as we just celebrate in communion. God bought us with a price, the highest price that could ever have been paid. So we mustn't regard ourselves as owned by anyone other than Christ. So just a couple of challenges and encouragements I want to point out through this section. Firstly, it's extremely encouraging that we are called just as we are. You are called just as you are. Paul uses this section to say that it does not matter what religious background you're from. It does not matter what culture you are from. It doesn't matter what colour your skin is or what colour your skin might not be. It doesn't matter whether you were from an affluent family or from one that wasn't as well off. It doesn't matter whether you were from a family that loved you throughout your entire childhood or whether you were from a family that sadly abused you. It doesn't matter whether you've always been a law-abiding citizen or whether, stay that way, but in regards to Christ, or whether you've spent many years in prison for horrendous crimes. It doesn't matter whether you have once abused the name of Jesus and his followers as the Apostle Paul did or whether you have always revealed, revered his name. God calls all people to himself from all different walks of life, in all different situations, in all different circumstances, from all different backgrounds. And for every single person that God calls to himself, he has a profound purpose for them. He's got a profound purpose for you and often it is to use you right in the very context that you are in. We don't have to be from a certain mould or background to be called and used by God. God calls all people to himself and he uses them for his glory right in the midst of where they're at. Even if where you're at, you look at it and you go, maybe six months ago or maybe in two months' time, but right now I'm in a bunch of junk. God calls you and uses you even in the midst of that. So let me ask you, how is God wanting to use you at the minute? How is God wanting to use you at the minute? Or or maybe you're like me at times and and can struggle with the mindset of feeling like, I'm not good enough to be used by God. God can't use me right now because of dot, dot, dot. I'm in this terrible state in my mental health journey right now. God can't use me. I've gone through a terrible circumstance. I'm now damaged goods. God God can't use me. 
I'm just a salesperson at work. I mean, like, God can't use me in that role. I'm not a pastor. I'm not in ministry. Here's the thing. Yes, he can. And yes, he is. God uses each and every believer, whether they realise it or not. How you are in the midst of your current circumstances is either drawing people closer to God or pushing him, pushing them further from him. No one interacts with you and remains neutral. I don't believe that. It's not the spirit of God dwelling in us. We have an effect on people and God uses you right in the midst of where you're at. God has called you and he wants to use you for his glory in the very context that you're in. My encouragement is to open your eyes, open your heart, and spend some time considering how you can honour God, not where you think you'll be in a month's time, but right where you're at now. But it's absolutely true, as what I've just said is, sadly, it's hard to believe. It's your classic, it's yep, easy to agree that's true, but experientially... It's hard to believe. Or that might be true for Bill over here, but Paul, no, that's not true for me. I absolutely believe it's true. God wants to use Bill or Joe or anyone else, but no, Paul, not, not you. We can often struggle with a mindset like this, that God can't use me now, but if I get to, then he can. If I do something, then he can. If I get to the next level in my faith, then I'll be useful to God again and he can use me then. So Paul, I hear what you're saying, but not right now. I've, I've got to get to this next point and then God will use me. But having this view, like our passage tackles, of if we're doing these things with the wrong motivations to add to our standing with God, then that's not going to work. If I get married, then, then I'll be able to honour God. Or I'm going to try and be super spiritual, so I'm going to choose to be single. And that way, then I'll be able to honour God. I'll be more holy. God can use me. I want to get more spiritual, and so I'm going to attend not just one Bible study a week, I'm going to go to two. Then God will be able to use me. I'm not just going to go to the morning service at Mitchum. I'm going to attend the Mandarin and the Chin and the night service. <laughs> You'd have to be pretty up with languages. Um, then I'm going to be good to go. Maybe you've had this mindset at different times and you feel as though you're not worthy to be used by God right now, but if you just improve yourself in some way, whatever area that might be, then you will be. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. And you just feel like, right now, I'm useless to God, but once I kick this addiction, once I work hard and I kick this addiction, then I can be used by God. But the passage says, doing these things in and of themselves are, are not wrong. God absolutely wants us to kick sinful addictions. God absolutely wants us to draw closer to Him through studying His Word and attending church and having fellowship with believers and all these things. The things themselves are not wrong but doing them with the motivation that they will enhance our standing with God. That is what's wrong, the motivation. Doing all of these things with the motivation that they will in some way add to our standing with God or to our ability to be used by God, 
That's just not how it is. It's false. It doesn't work like that. God calls all people. He chooses to draw to himself. And he uses all people to glorify him right where they are at. Even in the midst of whatever junk we might feel we're in. And Bill and Mike, please come up, guys. Because here's the thing. Like Bill pointed out at the start and we focused on across communion. Here's where Christianity is so different to not all, but many other religions. And many other religions are often focused on uh, about what the individual has to do and standing they have to get to and works they have to achieve. Christianity often flips that on its head and suddenly says, well, it's not about you. You were created by God. You are loved by God. You are saved by God. But God did all of that. It's about God, not you. Christianity is the great humbler. Anytime we're thinking much of ourselves, that's when we need to stop and think, hang on, where's my faith at? Christianity is about God. It's not about us to think much of ourselves or us to put in more effort to get to certain points. It's about believing in who Jesus is, what he has done and accepting that amazing gift. Because God is the loving Father who is extremely powerful. He's the all-sovereign creator of the entire universe. It's him who loves you. It's him who has called you to himself just as you are right now. And he wants to use you in the very circumstances you might find yourself in right now, be them positive or not so great. God loves you. He has a profound purpose for you. And he values you so much. And that's why he purchased you with the ultimate price that we celebrated with. So my encouragement is that over this week, you might spend a bit of time and open your heart and open your mind. Give thanks to God for calling you to himself. Knowing that where you're at, how you're feeling, what state your sin's in or mental health or, or whatever junk you might be dealing with God loves you and he's called you to him and even in the midst of that he has a profound purpose to you and wants to use you in the very context you find yourself in right now let me pray oh God thank you so much that it's about you and not about us we praise you so much that despite what we're struggling with, despite what we might feel is holding us down, despite our backgrounds or different beliefs or views or different experiences or different sinful addictions we're struggling with, despite our feelings of potentially not being good enough or not being worthy or not being ready or able to be used by you, Lord, we are, because it's not about us. You have called each and every one of us to you. We thank you for that. We praise you for that. 
And God, I just hope that this message is nothing but encouraging. That anything that is trying to weigh us down to make us think or feel like we're not worthy or we're not ready or we're not able to be used by God. Maybe we will in six months' time, but right now we're not. Well, God, anything that's making us feel that way is not of you. It is certainly from the enemy. I just pray that throughout this week you block that out and you help us to focus on the truth. The truth that you are Lord, you are creator of the universe. You have called every single person who you've chosen to into relationship with yourself from different backgrounds, from different families, from different religions, from different cultures. And God, we're all equal at the foot of your cross. So may we be encouraged, God, that no matter what we're feeling, no matter what we're struggling with this week, we can be grounded in this profound truth of knowing that you created us, you love us, you have a profound purpose for us and you are using us and want to use us right where we're at right now to bring others to yourself and to glorify your name. Amen. Amen. Wow, that's great news, isn't it?